0: going to be a day where we believe God is leading us into just a time of reflection um, a time of uh, centering our hearts uh, and times where we're going to actually pause to do that throughout the service pause for um, a couple of times in moments of prayer and reflection and even silence uh, believing that God is calling us to a remembrance of of who he is in the midst of what is a really great season of loss in our world it really feels as though the world is groaning and aching um, under the weight of it all. And um, the, you can't help but find your place. And I found my myself in this place multiple times uh, in the last month, especially, of, of saying, um, crying, God, would you help us? You know, Christ, would you have mercy. Uh, Where are you? You know, where are you in the midst of all of this? Um, One of the most comforting parts of Jesus' wisdom in uncertain times is when Jesus uh, talks about himself as the good shepherd. And so that's what we're going to take us through this morning is is remembering um, who our God is, remembering Jesus as the good shepherd. So when evil runs rampant in, in racism and the world is divided and we're in the midst of a health crisis and there's so much much more uh, that we're standing under in our lament and in our own groaning we seek to remember Jesus as shepherd. And so will you take a moment with me now uh, before we dive into the scriptures and and look at all of this together and let's pray and let's invite Jesus as shepherd uh, to give us the ears to hear, um, the hearts to respond and and just honestly a tangible sense um, in our homes, each of us, wherever we are right now, a tangible sense of of God's uh, great comforting presence with us this morning. Father, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. That though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not fear evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort. Your goodness and your mercy, they follow. And God, we are reminded that in you we lack no good thing, and yet there are times. In our world right now where we are screaming and we are crying out, God, we don't see you. We don't know exactly where you are. We are crying out like the Psalmist so often does and lament, oh God, would you come near? God, would you stop hiding your face from us? And would you come near and be near to us? That is truly the cry of, of one who laments, the one who desires to seek your face and yet acknowledge the pain of the broken world that we are living in. And so, God, we invite you in that. And while we lament and we cry out, we also stand in remembrance of the goodness of who you are, the remembrance that you are the good shepherd. And so, God, I pray today that you would give us, again, ears to hear and hearts to respond. And, Father, would we sense your tangible presence near to us today. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, we've been in a sermon series called Jesus Wisdom in Uncertain Times, and I know um, you, just like me, and and like Pastor Kristen has been mentioning, feel the the weight of those uncertain times and what we're walking in now, and so what we wanted to do today is turn to part of the, the storytelling of Jesus. Jesus was this wonderful storyteller. And we see in John chapter 10, where Jesus creates this illustration of describing what the good shepherd does and who the good shepherd is and the relationship of the good shepherd to the sheep and identifying himself as that good shepherd. And so when we look at this as Jesus, the great storyteller, what he does is he he uses... Um, this parable, storytelling, symbolic nature to bring us into this deeper place of, of really reassurance in our uh, belonging of who we are within the, the flock of God. And so as we look at John 10, one of the first things that we see as Jesus is describing this is that he creates this imagery of the sheep within the the sheepfold within the the pen that they're being um contained in and held in and it's this description of a shepherd that is a protector a shepherd that is um caring for the flock and um as he's describing it one of the first things as jesus creates this imagery is he brings this stern warning and it's not to the sheep but it's almost a warning to any any predator, any outsider that's going to come against and attack the sheep. Um, he names those predators as the ones who are trying to climb over the walls of the enclosure, trying to climb in to get to the sheep. And he names these intruders as thieves, as robbers. It's a it's a person who by their by their presence by them coming in is seen as a as an invasion of the safety that the shepherd is trying to create and provide for the sheep. In John 10:10, 10, 10, he says, "The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy." But then he reminds the sheep that are listening, "But my purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life." It's that reminder that in this explanation that Jesus is giving that the true shepherd is not only the He's not only the gatekeeper, he's not only the protector of the flock, but he says that the sheep, the ones that are being cared for by this good shepherd, um, that the shepherd knows each and every one. The the shepherd knows the sheep, but then also the sheep know the shepherd. He describes it and he says that the the shepherd calls the sheep by name, so recognizing there's that connection, but that also the sheep know the shepherd's voice. It becomes very powerful in that sense because it's showing like this close, um, just intimate connection between the shepherd and the sheep. But Mm -hmm. it's not just a story about shepherd and sheep. Don't get lost in all the imagery of it because what Jesus is describing here is he's unfolding something really beautiful, this display of the nature of God. That's this intimate connection between the sheep, the shepherd, and the people of of God and the Mm -hmm. connection back to the shepherd. Yeah.
0: Uh, we want to look at this specifically in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Uh, Brad's been describing John uh, 10, chapter 10, verses 1 through 18, but we're going to look specifically at these verses. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. But Jesus says in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my Father knows me and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father commanded. So we receive the power of what Jesus is presenting to us. Um, from Jesus is this confident pl- place as the Son of God, uh, connected to the heart of the Father, um, that then we become, we have the ability to become aware of our safe place within the loving care of the Good Shepherd. So it's, it's not just moving imagery that Jesus is using. This is um, Jesus giving giving us an invitation, an invitation that he gives us over and over and over again into the revelation of who he is, his character as Messiah. And so through this this powerful wisdom and the imagery that it offers, we draw strength and resilience in uncertain times. This this image of one, of a good shepherd who is holding the sheep in his hands in uncertain times.
1: So as we look at this, story that Jesus is using and this teaching that he's given, um, this wisdom that Jesus has given to his followers and both to us, what we want to do this morning is just draw out some, some images of the shepherd, the, the character of the shepherd, which is really the character and the nature of the heart of God. Um, toward us this morning. And as we do this, we're going to use um, some prayer practices, as Pastor Kristen has mentioned, and pausing. And as we, as we look at these characteristics of God and the heart of God, um, we're going to pause in each one and take a moment to reflect on it. And so number one, one of the things that we want to re- recognize is the shepherd rescues. We see this not just in John 10, but we see this in uh, many places throughout the Scriptures where um, this description of a shepherd that's caring for the sheep is a shepherd that is willing to rescue. We think about it for ourselves when we're in the place of crisis, when we feel as though um, somehow we've we've gotten distanced from the shepherd. We've we've been out, uh, you know, grazing the pasture. And all of a sudden, we look up and we feel like somehow there's this distance between us and the shepherd, um, as us the sheep have gotten separated, um, concern, worry can set in. We can feel as though um, we're we're somehow far away and fear, worry starts to grip our heart. But one of the things that we see over and over again uh, throughout the scriptures as that shepherding nature of God is described is it's a God um, and a shepherd who rescues. In Luke chapter, um, in, in elsewhere in the Gospels, in Luke, we see a story where Jesus is describing the shepherd who recognizes one of the flock, one of the sheep is missing, and, and that shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one to find the one that is missing. So it's not somehow that um, the sheep that has, has drifted off has found itself um, separated from the safety of the, the flock is now completely on its own and left to fend for itself, but the shepherd goes out and rescues that sheep. And that's where um, we don't have to let hope slip away in those desperate moments, in those dark places where we feel as though we've gotten lost in the fog and we, we don't know how to find our way back home because we have a good shepherd who will not let us wander away on our own, but actually will come to our rescue. This is heart of God. And so we we see this even in the Old Testament. This is the promise of God to, to God's people. Listen to these words from Ezekiel chapter 34, starting in verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. So the prophet is speaking the words of the Lord. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel from among the people in the nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and in all the places where the people live. This is an intrinsic part of the heart of God. When we talk about God as a good shepherd, we're talking about um, the nature as Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd to be one who is a rescuer, who comes to our rescue. And in our rescue, God is bringing us back home, back to himself, back to the place of safety in the flock. And what comes out of this is a strength and a unity within our identity, but also a strength and unity in this place of belonging. A lost sheep calls out to the shepherd, and the shepherd is faithful to rescue that sheep. Even in the, the book of Revelations that's describing this kind of end times place, we see the, the scripture describing this in Revelation chapter number 7.
0: Uh, in Revelation chapter number seven, verse 15 through 17, it says, that is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life giving water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This promise in Revelations is one that occurs in part now. Um, it occurs in part now because the reality is is that even in our cries of lament in these times where the darkness feels like it's consuming us, when evil feels like it's consuming the world and we are crying out in lament, God, where are you? And, and, and as Jesus cried on the cross, God, have you forsaken us? The reality is, is that we still have a home and a place of belonging with the shepherd that gently wipes the tears from our eyes and allows us to cry again and then wipes those tears again and just sits with us and holds He holds us in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our sorrow, in the middle of all of our questions, in the middle of all of our doubt. holds us close as a shepherd would hold um, the sheep or hold a lamb. And so um, it's a promise that is occurring in part now with the realization that evil is still existing in this world, but we do have as followers of Christ, as ones who belong to Christ, this hope et- and hope of eternity, hope of eternity uh, with Christ and heaven. And so um, the promise that is also occurring here in Revelation is a fully realized promise Uh, that's that's eternal in nature. And so one where everything will become whole again and everything will be redeemed again. And the Bible says that there will be no more sorrow and there will be no more death and there will be no more sadness and that our tears will be wiped away. And so we have uh, this promise of the good shepherd that he's wiping our tears now while we're still crying and we're still lamenting, but then we have a promise of hope of an eternal um, eternal, eternal foundation with Christ where all sadness will be wiped away and all tears will be wiped away forevermore so in the in the middle in the the liminal space of now where we're not quite there yet we hold tight to that hope and the anchor of our soul that that God is watching over us. God is rescuing us as shepherd and God is uh, holding us as we lament. It brings to mind the story of the prodigal son that we see in the gospels. This idea, as Pastor Brad said, where where, um, God is seeking after those that have wandered away or those that are lost. But we see in the story of the prodigal son that the prodigal wanders away. um, And you see the real realization is that the why the prodigal is wandering away, uh, that doesn't matter as much because the reality is, is that we all wonder every day. We get caught up in this world and we wonder. We wander away from the arms of, of the shepherd. We wander away from our home that we have in, in that shepherd. Um, and not always just because of the sin that might draw us away. We wander away because of the pain and the loss and the difficulty of this world becomes so overwhelming and become... Uh, can become so consuming, and so many in in many ways we can think of this idea of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son comes home, and the father runs out to meet him, and opens his arm and f- arms and fully embraces the prodigal son, it's the realization that in a lot of ways that is us. Again, that is us as we live in this broken world of literally where we feel like maybe every day we're wandering away. Every day we're we're beginning to move away from the home and the place of safety that God has for our souls. But every single moment that we wander away is a moment where the Good Shepherd is opening His arms and running to us and bringing us back in and welcoming us back home over and over and over again. And that is the hope. um, And that is the the promise that that we have in the Good Shepherd, that no matter how many times we wander away through our day, no matter how many times we wander away um, in life, that we are always being welcomed home and we are always being embr- embraced, and so um, our sorrow is no longer only sorrow. When we come home and we are uh, we are present in the arms of the good shepherd and at home with the good shepherd, our sorrow is no longer only sorrow. Our darkness is no longer only darkness. Um, it's not that the sadness disappears. Uh, it just means the joy of being back home in the shepherd's arms brings relief and brings peace and a promise of hope because. There is goodness and safety for our souls in the shepherd's arms. And so we wanna take a moment right now um, with with kind of that imagery in mind uh, with us, um, because we are in the greatest place of safety as we lament and we mourn the brokenness of this world. Um, and and as we consider the, the deep lament that our world is in, we are lamenting and we are grieving for the killing of George Floyd. We stand with his family, we stand with our black brothers and sisters, we stand with our black and brown uh, brothers and sisters that are continually experiencing the the systemic racism, the evil of racism that still seems to consume our world. We mourn it, we weep with them, we lament, and we pray that God would heal our land. And we recognize that repentance and change first starts within us. And we realize that the safest place to scream and to cry out in rage is in the arms of the shepherd, Uh, the forever eternal arms that truly whether life or death Exist will never leave. And so we want to pray a prayer of lament and I pray a prayer of request to our God right now. So we invite you to take a moment and to close your eyes wherever you are and to join with us in this prayer um, for, for not only uh, George Floyd's family, again, for so many, uh, Ahmad Arbery that we we just prayed for a couple of weeks ago, his family, Brianna Taylor, and so many names that we couldn't even begin to list in this moment. We pray for the families, we pray for the loved ones, and we pray for, again, our black and brown uh, brothers and sisters that are continually experiencing this. And we recognize that we need God to heal our land and we need God to heal our hearts. So God, we cry out to you right now. We are angry and we are afraid and we are filled with a deep ache that words could never truly define. We cry out, where are you, oh God? You are shepherd and you are safety and you are home. But when we stare so clearly in the face of evil in this world, when the systemic racism of this broken fallen world takes one more brother or one more sister, we cannot help but ask, where are you, oh God? God, would you come near? Would you hear our cries? Would you help us come near and allow ourselves to be found by you. Would you help us to allow you to hold us in our anger, our sorrow and our dismay and realize that's our safest place. You are wiping the tears from George Floyd's eyes and he rests in the internal safety of your arms. So may you hold his family, may you hold his loved ones in your arms. May you be the shepherd who holds them close and be the shepherd who comforts. God, may we truly learn what it means to love our neighbor well. May we stand against the acts of racism and may we not only speak out against it, but may we actively engage in and seek justice. May we cleanse our own hearts and may you heal our land, but may it first start with repentance in us. In your name we pray, amen.
1: What we see as Jesus describes the, the good shepherd is a, is a good shepherd that first is one that, that rescues, but in the act of rescuing, we also see that the good shepherd is a, a shepherd that carries, that picks up and carries the sheep. I mean, think about it. A sheep that's wandered off from the flock is out on its own has been in a place of fear, being overwhelmed, maybe not cared for, looked after in the way that it normally would, and is, is depleted of energy. And what we see described is a, is a shepherd who is willing to, to pick up the sheep and carry it. Not a shepherd who finds the sheep and then scolds it, abuses it, puts a rope around it, and drags it back home, but it's actually a shepherd who picks up the sheep and carries it home. Isaiah 40 describes this in the the heart of the shepherd and the heart of God in this way. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. The heart of God is to hold the sheep close, to hold you close, to hold me close to God's heart a place of safety, a place of covering, a place of protection. And so when we see Jesus identify himself as the good shepherd, part of what he's saying is there's this beauty in the way that he is drawing you close, is going to hold you close to his heart. And as he pulls you close, what he's doing is it's not just holding you close to pick you up and carry you, but it's actually bringing you to a place of experiencing the good shepherd who is a comforter. It's when you are the weakest that the good shepherd will pick you up and carry you. I have to believe that we're probably all in a place of needing to to rest close to the heart of God today, regardless of um, what the last few days and the last few weeks um, have felt like for you and what you have experienced and the degree to which you've been overwhelmed by the situations and the circumstances that are in front of us, I have to believe that all of us need a moment of just resting close to the heart of God. And so what I would like to invite you to do in the same attitude as, as though we were praying is to rest in a moment of silence and just receive the comfort and the care of the good shepherd as you rest close to his heart. As you feel the warmth and the safety of being near to the heart of God. So let's rest in a moment of silence now and let's receive from God without the place of needing to express words or, or to, to try to make our, our wants, our desires, our needs known. But let's just rest in a place of silence, being near to the heart of God. Will you enter
0: into silence with me now for just a few moments? Jesus, as we breathe deeply
1: in your presence, we thank you that you are the good shepherd who carries us. In our weakest moments, in our moments of exhaustion, of being depleted of energy, you pick us up and you carry us. By your comfort, you renew strength. As you hold us close to your heart, you breathe life back into us. And so today we pray, God, that we would be in a posture of receiving that from you. A shepherd that picks up the sheep and holds it close to its heart is a place where the sheep doesn't have to struggle anymore, doesn't have to fight, doesn't have to press forward, but can just rest in the arms of a Savior. And so I pray, God, that you allow us to rest in you close to your heart even now as you carry us. Amen. Well, another thing that we recognize as we look at this, this rescuing nature of, of the good shepherd, a good shepherd who cares and, and comforts, is a good shepherd who rescues, who carries, but also a good shepherd who protects. It's in a similar way to a good shepherd that would pick up the sheep and carry it. That's a, a place of, of being a protector. It's, and it's not just a, um, a protector that is simply just caring for the sheep, but it's actually a fierce protector and defender. We see this in the words of Jesus described in in um, John, where he says that when the, when the wolf attacks, when the predator comes against um, a hired hand, somebody who's not really the shepherd is just going to scatter and run away. But the good shepherd, the good shepherd is willing to sacrifice himself for the sake of the sheep. It's overwhelming to us to think because sometimes we know what our Our desire is for for rescuing and for saving. And yet when we see the heart and the nature of, of God and through Jesus Christ as the shepherd, we see that as a protector, it's a protector that is willing to sacrifice of himself, to lay his own life down on behalf of his sheep. Psalm 78 says it in this way, but he led his own people like a flock of sheep, guiding them safely through the wilderness. And so what happens is is the good shepherd is the one who's a guide, a protector. Jesus being the good shepherd willingly sacrifices himself, but through it, it's leading them to a place of safety in the wilderness, knowing there's harm, knowing there's potentials for, for the, the flock to experience attack but yet Jesus as the good shepherd is the one who is the defender. And and the sheep know this. We know this intrinsically that there's safety in numbers. That's why sheep gather in flocks. It's it's this place that brings dependence and, and security. You know, sheep know that The more sheep that are together, the bigger they appear to a potential predator. And so, you know, seem to be um, uh, less likely to be attacked. And yet, um, as Jesus described, there's still predators and attack that will come against the sheep. And so, the role of the Good Shepherd is to stand guard, to hold off the attack of the enemy. And sometimes um, we see that harm and pain still has occurred in our life. And yet, we know Jesus is the Good Shepherd, is the one who will be the protector, that guards our minds, guards our hearts, is the one that will pick us up and carry us again. And now this is difficult to understand when we stare in the face of evil. Even now, where we we cry, God, where is you? Where, Where are you? Where is your protection? Would all of those questions of why flood our mind? And yet we know because of the brokenness of this world, evil still exists. People choose to act in violence. That that is part of the brokenness of this world. And yet Jesus tells us, and he reminds his, his followers and us as well. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We know the good shepherd is our protector and our defender. So whether it be in death or in life, we will be forever held and protected safe in the arms of the good shepherd. And so it reminds us of, of Psalm 23 that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil because it's you that, that brings comfort to me by your rod and your staff. You guide me, you direct me, you comfort me. So again, whether in death or life, we don't have to have fear that starts to take residence in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, because we know we can fix our eyes on the good shepherd who is the one that is our rescue. He is our protector. He is our defender. Even when we can't wrap our minds around the evil that exists in this world, and when it occurs and we see the pain and the suffering that is experienced, we can come to a place of choosing to remain in the shepherd's care. And so we, we okay. wrestle with this. Like this is the work of lament to mm-hmm. express that deep, deep sorrow. And so when we cry out, we're crying out knowing that we can still remain in the arms of the good shepherd. Yeah.
0: One of the greatest aspects of our shepherd that I feel like doesn't always get talked about a lot is that the shepherd nurtures um, or is a, uh, provides nourishment uh, for the flock, and that is who God is. That is part of the character. Um, of, of our God is one who nurtures like a mother would nurture her child at her breast. Our God nurtures us and holds us close. And so Jesus reminds us that the good shepherd nurtures and nourishes the flock. Um, Every sheep is a receipt, a recipient of the loving kindness of the good shepherd. Again, in Psalm 23, we're reminded the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need, all that could be provided for me. Um, not maybe all of the physical needs that I have in the ways that I want it um, or that I would need sometimes, but that my soul is held, cared for and guarded and protected, but then also nourished in the hands of the shepherd. Our souls are, are cared for in the hands of the shepherd. And so um, these attributes uh, of God as father, but yet, God as mother tenderness and kindness in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 13 it, it describes um, God similar to that again that nature of mother as a mother comforts her child so will I my God comfort you you will be comforted over Jerusalem and then Isaiah 49:15, another time that God is referenced as mother can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born though she may forget I God will never forget you. So whatever the relationship that we have with our our earthly fathers or whatever the relationship that we've had or have with our earthly mothers, um, the reality is, is that our God holds both attributes of father and attributes of mother in a perfect wholeness to offer and care for our souls in a way that we long to be cared for, both protected and shielded and fought for and defended and also nourished and nurtured and tenderly loved. That is the wholeness of the God that we serve. That is the wholeness of the good shepherd that holds us close to us. And then finally, the shepherd gives life and provides a home for the sheep. The protection and nurturing character of the good shepherd uh, creates a life-giving home for the sheep. And we've talked about this so much at Essence Place of that home that God creates for us to where we can have safety and we can have belonging In Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 15, it says, I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. One of the most... um, Uh, something that could be really amazing for you to do is to, to go, you know, online or um, contact us. We can give you some uh, ideas of uh, apps and things that you can do this, but you put in uh, the word shepherd and all the times that you see the word shepherd in both the old Testament and new Testament. And you begin to see all the characteristics of the way that God is described as shepherd and the way Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. It's a really powerful thing to do. just so so encouraging and so comforting, uh, but Jesus is displaying the heart of God when He brings the scattered sheep home to Him. And in uh, first, this is one of my favorite um, verses that describes God as Shepherd. It's First Peter chapter two verse twenty-five. It says, "Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your Shepherd, the Guardian of your soul." So again, it's that reminder. In, in, in Psalms, we see we, we don't have to fear the valley of the shadow of death. We do at times. But in the end, he, God is the guardian of our souls. That our soul, no matter what happens in this life, in this body, the, uh, God guards our soul, protects our soul, nourishes our soul, nurtures our soul and then brings us safely home over and over and over again until we are eternally with Him forevermore that's the promise and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So as our our soul and um, our, we cry out with lament, that deep ache, that groaning that's within us, we recognize that our good shepherd is groaning and aching with us and bringing us unto himself, bringing, holding us and carrying us in the, in the midst of all of this. Jesus is a shepherd that holds his sheep in uncertain times. That's the wisdom of the shepherd. And, and, In these times of lament, it becomes so important I have to remind myself of this on a regular basis. Brad and I remind each other and and try to hold each other accountable that in these seasons of lament, of loss, of grief, of of trial and difficulty, uh, we can so easily um, choose to not have those times of grief with God as shepherd. Sometimes we do wonder. We we start wandering off into the fields and and all of a sudden we realize um, we're completely completely overwhelmed to the point of panic and to the point of of fear that we can't seem to shake. And so the idea of lament is that we're doing it with God. The idea of lament is that it's a cry out to God. It's a a way of, again, being home and coming home um, with the Father, with the Good Shepherd. As the Good Shepherd holds us, we cry out. And so while we lament and while we weep and while we mourn, we are still held safe uh, safe and protected um, in the arms of the Good Shepherd.
1: As we've seen this morning, um, this this is not simple just uh, you know Bible stories of of Jesus saying, "Oh, here's a here's a great word picture. Think of a sheep. Think of a shepherd." But you see that there uh, throughout Scripture there has been using this deep, deep imagery of nurturing, of of caretaking, of protecting, of rescuing, of comforting, that yes, was the work of a shepherd related to the sheep, but it's imagery that Jesus uses to bring us into this deep revelation of the heart of God. And so we need to sit with that today. We need to receive that today today. Maybe there's an aspect of what we've talked about today that you you it just struck your heart and your soul because you realized, Jesus, I need you to be the good shepherd in that way in my life today. And so as we pray in just a moment, we, we want to be in a posture of just receiving from the Holy Spirit, receiving the power of what Jesus is displaying to us, of the good shepherd speaking to our hearts and our lives.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that we are challenging ourselves with and we welcome you into this challenge is to make an intentional choice every day, actually, to not insulate ourselves from the pain, to not look at, at the situations that surround us and say, well, it doesn't impact my everyday life. It I, I can still continue to live, or I'm not really sure how to help with that. And so I, you know, I think sometimes we don't intentionally insulate ourselves. Sometimes we do because we just can't hardly take the pain that that we see or the pain that we ourselves are experiencing. Um, but then a lot of times we unintentionally insulate ourselves because we we you know aren't identifying. There's there's something in our human nature where. It takes us experiencing it ourselves for us to be able to feel like, oh, I identify with that, or oh, I I can be uh, empathic towards that. Um, We see that with grief and loss of this, until you've experienced loss yourself, you don't really know always how to engage with loss. And then all of a sudden you experience it, you experience the death of a loved one, or you experience the loss of a job or or some of these other things. And it's like, oh, now I, now I can understand that. Now, now I know how that person felt. Um, But there are so many times, and this is one of those times in our world where we have to enter the pain, and we have to mourn with those who mourn. It doesn't matter if it's affecting us. It doesn't matter if it impacts, because it actually should. And if we're feeling like it doesn't, then we need to sit with God for a little while. And so we challenge you, and we're challenging ourselves, no matter how tempting it might be to run away from the pain, and no matter how tempting it might be to just avoid it entirely, we're challenging ourselves because God is the good shepherd and holds us safe, To come near to Him and to lament and to weep and mourn and ask God to help us mourn with those who mourn and help us be with Him in the pain that we are experiencing when we do feel directly impacted. And then the other part of that is recognizing the call of Jesus again, that we've been talking about here is to love your neighbor as yourself. So as you would want to be comforted, as you would want someone standing with you in your grief, so you do for others. That's what it truly means to love your neighbor as yourself. So it's a challenge sometimes, and we need God to help us do that. So that's our challenge for us. That's our challenge to you.
1: Let's pray together now. God, we look to you now through the lens of, of the Good Shepherd. God, we thank you for this powerful imagery that is related to us through the Gospels, through the voice of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Jesus, that you identified yourself as the Good Shepherd and you helped us understand what that means, that you are a Good Shepherd who rescues, who comforts, who carries, who who is protector, nurturer, sustainer. Jesus, would you allow us to, to receive that from you today? And then as we receive that loving kindness from you today, I pray, God, that that would be restorative to our souls. God, that it would be transformative to the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see you, and Lord, that you would help it to transform the way that we see others, our fellow sheep out there, our brothers and sisters. God, that you would bring us into a place of of being able to live out of a, a compassion that knows that as we are deeply loved by the Good Shepherd, you as Good Shepherd loves every single one of your sheep. You know them. You call them by name. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to hear your voice and to know your voice. And so, God, I pray that you help us to sit in that posture of knowing our place within your flock. God, would you help us to continue to be transformed by you, to be people that do justice, that love mercy, and that walk humbly with you. God, as we sit in your presence today, as you've been caring for our souls today. I pray, God, that it would not be something that we just receive for ourselves, but, Lord, that it would truly impact the way that we live every moment of our day in relationship with others. God, we are so grateful that you are our good shepherd, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.